0: Brother Larry and I go way back in the early 70s. We sort of grew up together. Larry and Fred Tyner and Wayne Marlowe and Harold McManus and several, Barry and several other guys in the church, sort of had the same age, and we sort of grew up together. Brother Larry was involved in the early days of the bus ministry. They called him bus man, and he had a CB ministry where he preached on CB, and sometimes we'd get together on CBs and have a service. And meet at a certain place. And it was used back in those days uh, to try to get the gospel out. There were some bad stations on, so we tried to deter from the bad station and their own station. And uh, Larry's been a faithful friend for many years, he and Judy. Judy's one of those kind of young ladies who had to go from being sprinkled to being baptized. Uh, she thought she was safe in the Lutheran church, and I'm glad she got out right the Lord and got baptized. And I'm glad they've been in our church. Larry's taught Sunday school, run buses, and been a faithful choir member and faithful singer. And it's a joy to have him to come and speak first and then his son to follow him. It's a real joy for a dad. And may God bless him as he comes and speaks to us. Dr. Larry Cox.
1: I'm not gonna sing. I got a big mouth. I probably don't know this, but I didn't know who he was talking about there for a little bit. I was looking to see if somebody else was back there. But uh yeah preacher me, we've been we've been uh, knowing each other a long time and uh, he asked me to speak tonight a little bit and I'd try to Share with y'all what God's shared for me for many years. I've uh, learned a lot of stuff. When I first came up and got saved, I didn't know what to do. And then I met the preacher, and uh, I used to go to him a lot and ask him a lot of questions about what you need to be done. And one scripture I'm going to share for you in a little bit that he gave me, and I've probably used it, I'd say a long time, a lot of years I was 20, 23 years old, 22, 23. When I got saved, and I'm 76, so that tells you a little something. But either Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And I've used that a lot of times. God, I thought you said you strengthened me. I need that strength. And he, was, he would help me. He'd always come through with me. But y'all got your Bibles, turn over to uh, John chapter 3. I'm going to start out with... Uh, what I started out with when I first got saved because I didn't understand about being born again. And uh, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. He said, there was a man uh, in the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, you wonder why he came to him by night? Because he's a Pharisee. And they didn't want to be around the people, the Jewish and Christian people because they didn't believe it. So he'd come at night where he'd be secretly. And he came at night. And they said, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher who came from God. For no man can do these things, these miracles that thou doest except God be with, uh, with him. And Jesus uh, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a the man be born again. He can't see the kingdom of God. He can't be born again. He can't He can't go into heaven. He's got to be born again. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and he thought that he was okay. And that's what's wrong with a lot of people today in this whole world. They think that, that they're okay. Their mom and daddies was a Christian, and they think that uh, they were a Christian. Then that automatically drafts man to being a Christian, but it don't do it. And i talked to a lot of people over the years, talked to a guy and every, one time, asked him about being saved. And uh, he's, he's pretty receptive about it. He said, yeah, I know it. He said, I sure would like to be saved. He said, but it's just one thing. He said, I've got too much sinning to do first. You see, that's how the world is. You can't live in the world and talk like the world and do like the world and be a Christian. If you're a Christian, you're going to do God's work. And that's what's wrong with the young people today, especially. A lot of these young people today, they don't believe, they, they think they go to ball games, they wear clothes up to their hips, and uh, they think they can do whatever they want to do, because that's the style, that's what they've been raised to do, and that's all they know. And it's up to us as Christians to tell them about it. And so that's what I feel like that God uh, tells us to do there. Be, be, go out into the highways and hedges and compel people to come in. And Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about that. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and received not our witness. If I, see, if I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how? Shall you believe it if I tell you heavenly things? And so the world is telling the people today that uh, you don't need a crutch. You don't need to go to church. That's just a crutch you need. And God forbid that we would think that way. And uh, I'm going to try to go over here now to Ephesians chapter 6. I ain't going to preach the whole Bible to you tonight. But, uh. I've looked up some scriptures that I did, I talked about, and some of my favorite uh, scriptures that i read uh, over the years that's helped me out in my life. And uh, I just pray that it'll help you. And uh, we're going to talk about this soon as I can find it. I know it's in my Bible because I read it today. But uh, here it is. Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, listen to what, what it says right here. You say the devil, I got news for you. The devil don't like you. You know that, don't you? Right. In fact, the devil hates you. And the devil whispers in your ears and tells you things that you need to do. And people today, they have a choice in their life. People says God sends them to hell. <laughs> That's not so. God don't send you to hell. You send yourself there. You have a choice what you want to do. If you want to live right, and if somebody tells you about Jesus and you shut them off, then you probably had that may be your last chance. Because in Hebrews nine twenty seven says it's appointed a man who wants to die, but after this the judgment It's appointed. Everybody's got an appointment. You don't believe that? My wife had an appointment today to go get her hair fixed, and she, she did that. We have appointments to go to the doctor. And sometimes we can't make it, and we call and say, Hey, you know, I can't make that appointment today. Can I reschedule? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. But when God calls your number, you don't have no choice. You can't make a, a, a wait next time. And God's calling a lot of these young people out in the world today getting killed. They're getting killed, getting shot, and they're doing things in the world, living in the world, and taking these drugs, and, and it breaks your heart to hear about it. We have several people on our prayer list at home that we pray for every night that died on a motorcycle, and people got killed, and, and the things in their life that they did. and But we don't pray for them because they gone now, but we pray for their families that has to hurt and deal with that. And God knows people's hearts, and God knows that He wants them to get saved. God came in this world. He came in this world to save sinners. He didn't come in this world just to be coming. He came to give His life for you and me that we could go to heaven. And the only way we can do that is accept Him as our Savior. And that's what's going on today. And so uh, here's a. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, uh, start with uh, verse 11, he says, the de- uh, here's, how, here's how we basically can defeat the devil, if you really want to know, he says, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the, against the wiles of the devil. Wiles of the devil, that's things of parties, drugs, going to these ball games on Sundays, Instead of going to church, all these people drinking beers and drinking all this stuff. Oh, that don't hurt you to have a little gusto there. The devil whispers in your ear and tells you that that's good. The devil whispers and tells you that's good. And God wants you to talk to Him. God's a gentleman. Did y'all know that? He don't force you to get saved. He don't force you to serve Him. He asks you in a polite way. He said, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He didn't say might. I'll think about it. I'll let you know. He says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he says right here in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the power, uh, prince powers of, of, powers of, against the rulers of this darkness and, uh, of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you uh, the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil days and having done to stand what does it say that next word says? Stand. He says, stand. He says, get, get ready. get Be prepared. He says, stand. Therefore, having your loins girded with uh, the truth and with having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel and above all, take the shield of faith Wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Who's he talking about, the wicked one? He's talking about the devil. When the devil tells you and gives you things and and, and whispers in your ear, the devil can't make you live right. The devil can't uh, make you uh, go to hell. I mean, the devil wants you to go to hell, but he, he ain't going to make you uh, uh, serve God. He don't want you to. He tells you, you do doing, doing this, do this, you'll be all right. You can live like that. That's fine. Everybody's doing it. You ever heard people tell you that? Everybody's doing it? Yeah, everybody's doing it. We're having fun. There's a lot of people in hell today. And by the way, I I meant to tell you this right here too. I thought about this here the other day because I heard a preacher talking about it. And I've used it sometimes, but I've about forgot it. When people go to hell and fall into hell, they think maybe God might let them out. There's no doorknobs in hell. Once you're there, you're there. The one time one time you'll come out of hell. God will call you out in Revelation chapter 20, 21, when they call in the judgment seat of Christ, then he'll condemn you, and you'll have your day in court, and God will put you back into hell where He belong. He said, I never knew you. And that's what's gonna happen there then. But anyway, he says right here, he above all take the shield of faith, and without and with the shield be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation. What's the helmet of salvation? Anybody know? The helmet of salvation is is is, is God's word. You put that on on your head, and you protect it, protect your mind and your thoughts against this devil because he's wanting to. Always whisper in your ear. Y'all guys, when you're dating your girlfriends, didn't you whisper sweet things to your girlfriends and and tell them how much you care for them and everything? I did. (laughs) The devil does that too. He whispers in your ear. He tells you how much he, he says he loves you, but how much he really hates you. And he says, you know what? I'm going to get him. I'm going to get her. You just wait and see. They listen to everything I say. And they're doing it. Anyway, and they take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So you've got, you got to have the Word. You've got to have that sword where you can stand up. And when the devil comes, says, I'm a Christian, I'm a born again Christian, and get thee behind me, devil. Says I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I didn't look at my watch. What time if I, how many more times I got here?
2: Five. Up
1: in five. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> all right, Ephesians. All right. I'm gonna read one more for you here and help help me out with this in here. It says uh, Hebrews nine. Well I didn't read that in Hebrews nine twenty-seven philippians okay i'll just keep staying on this one right here then all right let me finish this part right here Okay, hey, cool we wrestle not against the uh, flesh and blood but against the principalities of the power and rulers of the darkness and put on the sword uh, having the arm of god okay i done got lost here. i was talking too much Praying always with all prayer and supplication and spirit and uh, watching thereof with all perseverance, pers- I can't pronounce that word, and, and of the saints. And he says, And for me that uttereth may be given unto ye, me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the ministry of the gospel that's what we got to do we got to make uh make people to know which way we're gonna live and we got to win people to jesus there's people out in the world today that's just lost as a bed bug and they don't know where they at and uh, people don't talk to them about about jesus because uh they don't want to come to church there are some people in my neighborhood i've talked to them about going to church and and uh come be with us and every morning Judy and me come to church they're sitting out on the front porch that's one guy I'm thinking about he sits out there and then when we come home he's sitting out there and uh, nothing to do idle minded because the devil's got his mind blinded to the truth and they don't understand that he thinks he's okay and he thinks God's going to understand when he meets him he thinks that and a lot of people is like that today they think that that God will understand, and you know, God's a loving God, and He will. He won't send me there. He'll understand that I sat on my front porch, and I've done this, and He understands. I've got a little backache, and I hurt, and He's going to understand all that, and uh, he, He'll He'll let me go to heaven. Is for some reason, God's just going to let me come to heaven because I'm just a good person. I go to I talk to people in my neighborhood, and I give them food to eat, and And I help them. I sweep their porch off and I mow the yard. And I do all these things. I'm a good person. There's none righteous. No, not one. And so with that there, I'm going to let my baby boy talk to y'all. I guess y'all recognize I'm the daddy and he's the son. And so. Y'all have a good, and, and get, into, uh, get get safe. Go to witness to somebody. Tell them today about Jesus.
0: Brother Darren grew up in our church, and I've known him most of his life, and he's reaping his sins now. Uh, he was a mean little kid. And, uh, I told him years ago uh, when he started teaching junior boys, that's to get back at you. For how you was when you was a junior boy. But he's been faithful to the Lord and loves the Lord, and we appreciate him so much. One of our deacons and uh, just a, a, around, uh, just a good guy. I called him on the phone. He works at Salisbury, and I called him, I said, if you've got Salisbury intact, he don't do anything. He just Salisbury's protector, whatever that means. And I appreciate him. appreciate his desire for the Word of God and his love for Jesus and soul winning. May God bless you, Darren, come and speak to him.
2: first of all I'd like to thank the preacher for giving me this opportunity uh, he raised me in church my dad raised me at home and took me to church so this is an honor for me to be able to stand behind the pulpit of my preacher for uh, 48 years of my life 49 years of my life I was about three, so I'm 52 to the math but and I'm thankful for my mom and dad that, that brought me to church. And so, uh, with that being said, um, one of the first things that come to my mind when a preacher asked me was this passage here, and uh, if you go to Titus chapter 2, um, Titus chapter 2, and I'm going to pray real quick uh, before we read the passage. Father, uh, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that you have given us to come to your house and This opportunity, Lord, to stand in this pulpit, Lord, and uh, speak of you, Lord. It's all about you, and we love you. We thank you so much for loving us, for the cross of Calvary, for the blood that was shed, and just for salvation. And help us today, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you will fill us with your spirit, and you control us, and help us with our thoughts. In Jesus' name, amen. I had to have a mic because I'm antsy, I, I pace a lot. So. Mr. Gary and Miss Debbie sees me in Sunday school. I I, I get nervous. While I pace. Uh, Titus chapter two verse eleven. Uh, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. So the word hath is a past tense. So it's hath appeared. That's his first coming. That's when Jesus Christ come the first time to as a as a baby to born to uh, down a cross. So he hath appeared to all men. Verse 12, um, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's his, uh, as Brother Steve Cook said, his secret coming. The second coming is where he actually puts his foot on the Mount of Olives and he comes to fight Armageddon. But the rapture of the church is where he comes into the clouds. Two different comings. And a lot of people get those two mixed up. And we're going to talk a little bit about the rapture. So verse 12 or verse 11 is, Hath appeared to all men. That's his first coming. Verse 12 tells us how to live in between his two comings. Okay. So he come to... Seek and save those which were lost. He came to die on the cross, shed his blood. Verse 11, verse 12, and when you're born again, as Dad said a while ago in John chapter 3, that you must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So that's how we're to live in between the two comings. And then he says, looking for that blessed hope. Are you looking for it? Every day I look for Jesus Christ to come back because i 'm anticipating him coming because i 'm tired of this world i 'm tired of the drugs, the killing the alcohol the 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 uh, the child molestation and, and the evilness of this world we 're tired of it and i 'm looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know how somebody can say that Jesus is not God. It's in plain English right there. It's the God, uh, it's great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's who He is. He's God manifested in the flesh, 1 Timothy three sixteen. He's God. And God purchased the church with His own blood in Acts chapter 20. And so uh, let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 we begin in verse 51. It's a mystery. There's seven mysteries to the church in the Bible and we need to learn them mysteries and this is one of them. Behold, I show you a mystery which shall not all sleep. Now that's referring to, if you remember the story about uh, Lazarus he told his apostles, he said that he uh, he sleepeth. they said well that doeth him good. He plain, had to talk plain to him. No, he, he's dead. So that's what this means. He's Uh, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Okay? That's talking about our soul is saved now. Okay? You have a body, a soul, and a spirit. My spirit is quickened. It's come alive. And my soul is saved. And my body is not. So my body is going to come up out of the grave. It's going to be changed in a twinkle of an eye. And uh, you, t- you read about the adoption of the body in Romans chapter 8. It's going to be uh, saved one day. But right now, I got, I'm a two-thirds of a guy. My body is not saved yet. So, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So, We're talking about corruption. We're talking about being mortal. Uh, Our body's decayed. But we're going to put that off and we're going to have a brand new body. So are you ready for the rapture? Are you ready? If you're not born again, you're not ready. And it's going to be a twinkle of an eye. twinkle is faster than a blink. It's twinkle. It's a twinkle of an eye. So so then this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. I think Miss Carol, that was some of her words in her song a while ago about uh, the, the victory, uh, the sting of death is going to be gone. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That should drive us knowing Jesus is going to come back any time. That should drive us to know that we want to finish well. That should drive us to know any time, any time, Jesus is going to come back. Uh, I heard some ladies talk um, Sunday night, a testimony about the ladies' retreat, and they said, well, we sure wish we had a crown, or we hope we get a crown, or not sure about the crown. Well, M.K. had to get a crown. 2 Timothy chapter uh, 4, Paul says, "...for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give at that day." And not to me only, you can be included, not to me only, but unto all them also that love His appearing. Are you looking for Him to come? If you're looking for Him to come, you get a crown. Easy as that. This is probably the easiest crown to get. It's just saying it every morning, Lord, are you coming back today? you coming back today? It could be today. It could be before we even get home tonight. Jesus could come back any time. And so... Uh, in First Corinthians chapter one, verse 22, it says that the Jews seek after signs. The Greek, we seek after wisdom. So don't be thinking, oh, there's an earthquake and there's tornadoes, there's wars, there's rumors of wars, and you know, oh no, North Korea's side with China and Russia and all this stuff. Don't get caught up in that. that, that don't, don't get caught up in that. We don't look after signs. We're not Jews. Okay, We don't look after signs. We're, we're listening for sounds. The trumpet. The trumpet's going to sound. So we don't look after the signs. Okay, You know why Jesus is coming back? Not because of uh, wars and, and uh, all the things you see going on right now. That's not why Jesus is coming back. He's not coming back because there's a hurricane or a tornado or an earthquake. He's not coming back because of that. He's coming back because he said he was coming back. That's the reason he's coming back. <clears throat> Where am I at? All right, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. These are all got to do with the rapture. What we call the rapture, I know the word rapture is not in the Bible, but the word Bible is not in the Bible. So, what do you do? Okay, it's still to catch you in the way. It's it's like when Jesus comes in the clouds and it's going to be like like a magnet. We're going to go up just, just that fast. Um. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. I would not have you to be ignorant. Seven times Paul tells us not be ignorant. The things that Paul says don't be ignorant of, we shouldn't be ignorant of. Okay, those are important things. When he said don't be ignorant, the first one was in Romans chapter 1 if you want to do a study on it. Don't be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. That's talking about the ones that are already dead. That ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Now I know the ones the people that has lost loved ones we have sorrow but not like the world has sorrow we have the hope of jesus christ and it's not a hope like oh i hope this is going to happen but it may not happen it's a no so hope it's going to happen it's a guaranteed hope okay so um <clears throat> that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope for if we believe that jesus died and rose again there's your gospel the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 through 4. So, for that we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. So Paul thought he was going up into the rapture. How many years has that been? Okay. Well, to Jesus, it's only been two days. You know, a thousand years a day, days a thousand years. So it ain't been very long to him. It's been a long time for us. So Paul thought he was going up in the rapture. He was ready to go. He was probably checking it out, trying to to get lifted up there. um, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Jesus Christ, He's going to descend into the clouds with a shout, <clears throat> with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. That's what we're doing. We're comforting one another with these words. We're comforting one another with these words. I got to do it. I just can't stop. Uh, I was going to go on. I'm going chase a rabbit. Uh, verse, chapter five. You see the word "but?" That means we're continuing on with the same subject, okay? We're con- continuing on. But other times and the season, brethren, he's talking to Christians, brethren. We have no need that I write unto you. Why? Because you're not going to be in what I'm getting ready to talk about. The church is gone. It's raptured. But the times and the season, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they... Now here's your outdated King James Bible getting ready to just make things more clear for you, okay? That was sarcasm. Uh, For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, not the church, to them, okay? As travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. The church is gone in chapter 4. This is talking to someone else, chapter 5. <clears throat> but ye, brethren, are not in darkness that the day should overtake you. As a thief, you are all the children let me read that again. I, I, I went too fast on that. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others. Let us be watch and be sober for they that sleep in the night and they that be drunken and drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. How come I'm reading all this? Because there's people that, and it's, we are pre trib, okay? Pre trib, not post trib, pre trib. So it's going to clear it up right here. For God hath not appointed us to wrath. That's the church. Wouldn't that be sort of foolish? You take a bride and you go put her through a tribulation? That wouldn't make sense, would it? Because we are pre trib. That means we are snatched out before the tribulation takes place. Okay? And it what with God. And God took him. He was translated up to heaven. And then what happened? The floods. Okay? Chapter, chapter 7 of Genesis Noah was told to build an ark because the world was wicked. The world was evil. The world was corrupt. And God says, I had enough. I'm going to destroy the earth. And so. Enoch did not live one day in the life of Noah. Just like the church is not going to be one day in the tribulation period. Not one day. So Enoch was taken out and God told Noah to build an ark. And of course, uh, here I go again, chasing another rabbit. Um, God told Noah to build an ark and he's going to send rain 40 days and 40 nights testing time, 40, the number's 40 for testing time, and he had Noah to go into the ark for seven days before he ever sent the water, seven days, Hmm, matches up with seven years, don't it, and he was safe in that ark, just like the nation of Israel, there's going to be a remnant that's going to be safe during the tribulation period, through the preaching of the two witnesses and 144,000, and let me go on, because I wasn't supposed to say all that, okay so, um Revelation chapter uh, three four Revelation Chapter Four, Now, in the Book of Revelation, we have uh, chapters two and three, we have seven years of or seven churches in revelation, seven churches in revelation it 's the church age, okay, My personal opinion is we are in Leo to see a church age right now we 're at the end of the church age okay it 's been two thousand years of church history, and so you could break it down to those seven churches and you can see and uh, you know, we're talking about the judgment seat of Christ. Okay, when the church is taken out, we all will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And you're going to give an account not for your salvation but for your works here on earth, whether they are tried with fire, whether it be gold, silver, or precious stone, or wood, hay, and stubble. What survives the fire is what's going to be left, and that's what you're going to get your rewards at. Okay, so here we go uh, in in Revelation chapter 8. uh, uh chapter 3 verse 18 it looks like a white raiment and there's somebody that's naked and then it goes on and is that knocking at the door they the, the, the laodicea in church is just too busy for god they have everything they're rich they 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 have no need of nothing we have it all now who's that remind you of us we have no need of nothing we have it all okay so when um verse 20 of uh, Revelation 3:20 Behold I stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me so the latter part of the Revelation chapter 3 the last ch- uh, church the seventh church the last one then we go into chapter 4 and listen to that this is this is this is good after this I looked and behold a door was open in heaven and the voice which I heard as it were let me read that again. The voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither. There's your rapture right there. Mm-hmm. Heaven opens, come up hither. Pretty good. Amen. That's pretty good. Come up hither. Now, let's look at this trumpet. I think this is interesting. I can't say this is for certain, but I think it is. As it were, um, the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet. So this trumpet is talking. Wouldn't y'all like to hear a talking trumpet? Well, if you go to Revelation chapter 1, let's just see who it could be. Revelation chapter 1 verse uh, um, 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. This trumpet's talking here too. Who is this trumpet? Verse 11, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. Who is that? Jesus Christ. Let's see here. If this same trumpet is talking in verse chapter one, uh, Revelation chapter 1 and chapter 4, he's talking again, Come up hither. And where's John when he comes up hither? He's in the throne room. He says right here, he says, uh, Come up hither and I will show you the things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit. And behold, a throne was in heaven and one sat on the throne. Y'all imagine that. The rapture takes place. Out of there. You're before God. Jesus Christ, you're in, in front of him in the throne room. Just that quick. Now, I know we're going to meet him in the clouds. But see, we got pictures and stuff like that that we're seeing. Now, we know that he was called up in the Lord's day. And what John got to see, he got to see, uh, he got to see, how how's it put, uh, the end, not the end from the beginning, but he, he got to see the future. He got to see uh, Revelation 22. He got to see the millennial reign. He got to see the, uh, the tribulation period. He got to see all that on the Lord's Day. He got to see the future. So anyway, that's a picture of, um, of the rapture right there. I'm looking at the clock, preacher, I promise you. Oh yeah, let me talk about uh, one of my favorite ones, Joseph. Who knows the story about Joseph. Okay. Joseph was one of the best types of Jesus that there is in the Bible. See, Joseph, you know, he was uh, he was forsaken by his brethren the first time. Jesus came, he was forsaken by his brethren the first time. Okay, He was sold for 20 pieces of silver. Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. He was put in a pit. Jesus was put in a pit. Okay, He was uh, he was accepted by his brethren the second time when he came, and he was a prince already and when Jesus comes in Armageddon to, Jesus is going to receive him the second time. You see how the pictures line up? Well, <clears throat> a famine in the Bible has always got to do with tribulation. So before, y'all remember the story about Joseph, and, you know, he, he, he told the dreams, uh, you know, he was in there with the, the butler and the baker and he told their dreams so they promote him up and he's the second in command and uh, he gets to ride in the limo chariot and he, uh, he's over there and, and, and Pharaoh exalts him, he gives him a new name just like Jesus has a new name. And right before the famine, how many years of famine was that again? Wow. Seven years. There's a seven year famine, and Joseph gets a Gentile bride right before the famine. I bet that was a coincidence. You think? I don't either. Okay, so anyway, there's pictures in the Bible or are, are, are just, There's everything has a picture and type. Okay, that doctrine, of, there's another one. I've got to shut up about that. So anyway, John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Amen. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you unto myself That where I am, there you may be also. Eight o'clock, preacher. (laughs) You do
0: better than I do, brother. It's good to chase a rabbit, but one thing about Darren, he catches one. I chase rabbits and miss them sometimes. Wasn't that good? Praise the Lord. Let's stand together.